According to onceinalifetimejourney.com, Macau is often referred to Las Vegas of the East. However, it actually earns way more casino revenue than Las Vegas does, despite casinos only arriving in Macau in 2002. Um, in 2011, Macau's gambling revenues were four times higher than that of Las Vegas, largely due to the fact that it is the only place in China where gambling is legal. Oh, mm. I didn't know that last part. Yeah, me neither. I forgot. Yeah. I, I don't know if I ever knew that gambling isn't allowed, but now that you mention it, I kind of, I mean, there's there aren't casinos, but people gamble, yeah, you know? <laughs> the only place with casinos. Yeah. And, Dang. Uh, it's also the one very popular place for people to money launder yep we love yeah, crime sure. that makes sense yay no, we don't. that's we don't love we it don't. we like to talk about it we don't love crime we though <laughs> there's a huge distinction there hi. hi i'm tammy i'm leanne and you're listening to incrimination burr, 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 burr. We're never going to change that. I think that's just a thing now every time. Yeah. We don't have a theme song, so that'll no. do. We could probably find one and somehow mix one, but uh, too much effort. Yeah, that's a little no time. beyond our abilities right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't really have anything to mention for this podcast, except I think our episode with Never Jaded Pod will be up soon. So we'll post that on our story once it comes up probably maybe another two weeks uh yeah maybe because they just released an episode a few yeah ago. they do bi-weekly yeah i saw yeah. that one so i think their schedule is like one like the week that we're off yeah yeah so, like if you want to you know alternate between true crime and like flowers for asian creators yeah they like talk to a lot of asian creators and have really interesting conversations it's actually yeah, really I nice to a little bit of their last not not the last one but the one before it's yeah interesting i like the concept it's very chill yeah and we had I a really, lot of fun doing it too yeah same i really like just chatting and it's funny because mm-hmm. it's like you're just talking to people and then you post it on the internet <laughs> <laughs> but it's cool because they s- seem to actually care about what we talk about it's nice yeah. to kind of like feel a little bit recognized for the work that we do because we don't get paid for this but at least someone appreciates it out there hopefully do you have anything else to mention no not really my half my face hurts because i was sitting in the sun today um, for like an hour and i'm pretty sure i got sunburn so well it's fun put some (laughs) just put aloe vera all over your face i love aloe vera yeah yeah i will after this after this yeah yeah well, hopefully it's not too burnt. Fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm just going to hop into it then. So for today, we are talking about the pork bun murders. Oh my god! I love the title of this. The story itself is like sort of related, sort of not, but oh. I'll get to it. Is it like the milkshake murder where it wasn't really like super milkshakey? It was so here. I mean, that one milkshake murders was like the milkshake was used to kill the people this one isn't that so i'll let you know like why it's named the pork bun murders you'll know by the end of the episode it's all good okay 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 i'm not gonna leave you hanging like that nice also i'm gonna be crocheting at the same time because i realized i can like multitask and this is like a quiet multitask yeah no i would do that if i'm watching a tv show i used to make friendship bracelets (laughs) you're so cute because like i just need to do something with my hands and i don't want to like watch a tv show and 
be on my phone at the same time because then I always miss the entire show. And yeah. so, you know, crocheting is really, like, it's a good way to multitask. Except I really have to pay attention or else I yeah. screw up all of my yarn. <laughs> Mood. Anyways, <laughs> in terms of sources, I'm just going to keep it in the show notes. I couldn't find, like, actual articles from, like, the news or any news outlet there. I'm pretty sure they got banned. Um, oh. So I- I'm just going to put it in the show notes because they're sort of just coming from blogs that did a really good job at compiling sort of the story behind it and what happened mm-hmm. throughout this case. That tends to happen a lot for us, hey? Like yeah. There's, like, no sources except for these random blogs. That... I know. Or, like, Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Reddit. It's uh. okay, though. All right. We're going to start with a brief background on Huang Zhiheng, who I will refer to as Huang moving forward. Huang was born in mainland China, and he moved to Hong Kong in the 1970s. He never really lived an innocent life because he would often be found fleeing from one city to another because he was being pursued for some sort of crime, like he did something wrong, and he was always sort of just running away so that he wouldn't get caught by police. Okay. You know, the life. (laughs) Allegedly, he eventually fled from Hong Kong for killing a man who owed him money, so he sort of got really angry and he was known to have a temper and to sort of just act out. So this person apparently owed him money and he decided that the only way to resolve the problem was to kill him. Mm. Mm. After this, he fled to Guangzhou where he met his wife. She was the daughter of his landlord. So he was like staying at a place, met the landlord's daughter. They fell in love. And her parents, (laughs) unfortunately, severely disapproved of their entire relationship. They Mm. kind of could tell that he wasn't the most reputable dude. And so they weren't really happy about it. And they actually eloped, which has probably made them even more mad about their whole relationship. Uh, The timeline off of this wasn't really clear. I couldn't really figure out why. Probably because of some sort of crime. But eventually, he ends up in Macau. And it doesn't really mention whether or not his wife came with him. Or if they had a dispute. And then he was like, fuck this, I'm out. I don't know. Mm. Couldn't find anything. So, either way, all you need to know is that he ends up in Macau. Right. And before we dive into the rest of the case, I wanted to give a little bit of background on Macau because I think it's interesting and it also adds on to the, what you told us at the beginning of the the, the podcast. It's actually nice. really funny because what you told us is relevant to the case. <laughs> oh, sick. Yeah. Well, tie uh, it back in. Macau, the Las Vegas of China. I wonder what kind of crimes would happen there. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Most of the information will be coming from Britannica, which I like using because they're basically an encyclopedia online and you get a lot of good info from them. So Macau is a port city found in southeastern China. It's close to Guangzhou and Hong Kong, which is why those were sort of the main cities that we mentioned Huang moving in between because they're all really close to each other. In Chinese, it is pronounced Omun in Canto and Aumen in Mando. Like Macau? Yeah, Macau is oh. pronounced Omun. Oh, oh. Yeah. Okay. And it means the Bay of Ama. 
who is the goddess of sailors. I was looking at fun facts earlier and yeah. I found out that like the name Macau was actually like a miscommunication when the Portuguese came and they're like, what is this land called? And they're like, it's called Amacau, which meant which translated to like the temple of Ama. Mm-hmm. And then they like got confused and they're like, oh, it's a- Amacau. And then they that's like the Portuguese name for it, but it's not actually called Macau. It's that's what we're running with yeah double fun fact there's a lot of beautiful architecture in the city with you know a lot of european influences which really means just it's just a result of colonialism and colonization (laughs) (laughs) and you see this a lot with port cities um in china because there's a little part of um in guangzhou as well there's a part of it where it's called Shamian, and it's really close to my grandma's house and the entire place just looks very european and i can't remember exactly who it was from macau no guangzhou oh guangzhou yeah colonialism yay not yay (laughs) not yay yay. Um, it happened it happened and so Yeah, just for a little bit of background, since we're on a topic, Macau was colonized by Portugal during the 1500s. The Chinese government really didn't, uh, like, ever fully recognize this control. And, you know, it was sort of just like, they were there, kind of thing. (laughs) (laughs) But it was always China's. They they, they never had it, really. Yeah, (laughs) The (laughs) Portuguese came to Macau because it was one of the first trading ports, but the popularity soon was kind of taken over by Guangzhou and Hong Kong since those were much larger and they did a lot more trade trading as well. And so, you know, if you ever want to go and check it out, it's actually a really nice place. Um, I really want to visit Macau I, one day. The thing I remember the most is for some reason, everyone... Oh, been? Yeah, yeah. Everyone there sold like pork and beef jerky. Like okay. it was just everywhere. It was really popular. Like people would... I mean, yeah, you would go there to gamble, whatever, but you would also go there to get pork and beef jerky. That's what I remembered. That's so interesting. Yeah, it was really good. Mm, I imagine. Similar to Hong Kong in the past, Macau was designated a special administrative region under Chinese sovereignty, which basically meant that they had 50 years of autonomy that included the right to elect their local leaders, the right for residents to travel freely, and the right to maintain their way of life. So... It is the only other city outside of Hong Kong that also governs under the one country, two systems rule. I'm not going to get into the politics of it. You can look it up. It's really interesting. I think it's always really cool to understand (laughs) sort of the politics and the geopolitics behind like Hong Kong, China, and also Macau in China. Really cool to understand. That's all I'm going to (laughs) say. When Huang moves to Macau... He meets Zheng Lin and his family. Zheng Lin had really humble beginnings. He was a street vendor in Macau for many, many years, and he was very well known for his pork buns. Nice. (laughs) He eventually moved his business to the Eight Immortals Restaurant, which is the restaurant that is attached to the Eight Immortals Hotel. And that's a big hotel? It's a pretty well-known hotel. Like They were pretty popular, and so him and his uh, family actually owned both of these locations, which sort of goes to show how successful they became because it, you know, property is expensive for yeah. one. And they, like, he started with just like a food cart kind of thing and then yeah, built it up crazy. into this business where he was able to own both the hotel and the, the restaurant. Yeah. Like many families that own a restaurant, basically their entire family got involved with helping 
day-to-day operations and just you know helping do takeout and like Mm -hmm. ordering and everything it's really funny a lot of families end up doing that and you know to help with this they also had a house very close to like within walking distance to the restaurant so that they could you know open early and close late and still be able to go home quite easily and and rest right Unfortunately, the Zhengs also had a really bad gambling problem, which is actually how Huang and the Zhengs cross paths eventually. Mm. You know, Las Vegas, everyone has a gambling problem. Like, it's really bad. It's kind of crazy. I feel like I know a lot of people in China that have gambling problems. I don't know. Maybe it's just like my relatives. (laughs) (laughs) Gambling problems. Uh, I feel like it's the same in Vietnam. But people are just bored. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Especially, like, the older generation, they don't do much, so they just sit around and, like, play cards, you know? Yeah, get a hobby. (laughs) Sorry. Crochet. I mean, their hobby, yeah, crochet. (laughs) No, their hobby is gambling. Rip. Yeah, literally. In 1983, the Zhengs and Huang were both involved in a very high-stakes gamble. Huang eventually won this gamble, and, you know, for a total of 180,000 yuan, which is around 28,000 Canadian today. Kind of like adjust it for inflation and and stuff like that. I don't know what historically at that time that would have converted to, but, you know, it's still money. Like, it's still a sizable amount, even if you, like, depending on what you're making as income. Like a large car. Mm -hmm. Despite the success of their restaurant and the business, their gambling problems did not put them in a really good position, obviously, to pay off the debt. Therefore, Huang and the Zhengs made a verbal agreement in which the Zhengs would give up their restaurant if the debt was not paid off within the year. Never make verbal money agreements. Yeah. It also, <laughs> it really sucks. Also, like, it's a very, it's very much a cultural thing, I think, to make verbal agreements. Yeah. Because usually in the West, I don't know, I guess maybe in gambling it's different. <laughs> maybe I should say this. <laughs> But most people make, like, written contracts and things like that in the West, yeah. like, for business-related things. Maybe not gambling. I mean, I don't know. I would. I have no idea, but, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Probably not, hey. Me. Yeah. Yeah. I, w- I would get everything in writing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's the place for money laundering, right? So I'm yeah. s- assuming that you'd want... Uh, I- yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? We're not gamblers and we're not money launderers, so we don't know. We don't. We can't speak on their behalf. <laughs> yeah, our like our experience is limited. Sorry. Exactly. One year later, they still had not paid it off. According to Huang, they had actually lost even more against him and racked up a total debt of six hundred thousand yuan. So originally it was one hundred and eighty, and now it's six hundred thousand, which is equivalent to today around ninety three thousand Canadian, which is a lot of money. That's a lot of money. It's a lot. As we move forward with the case, just keep in mind that again, Huang doesn't have the cleanest record with people in the past who owe him money. Right. You know. Having killed that man back in Hong Kong in the 70s, allegedly, allegedly, we don't know, we don't have, yeah, he killed that one person, like, he got really angry at him, that's why he left from Hong Kong to go to Guangzhou. Oh, okay, okay, sorry. On August 4th, 1984, the entire Zheng family was in the restaurant, and they were just cleaning up after a long day, they were closing the restaurant, getting ready for the next day of business, and so their entire family's there because they're all involved with the business. Huang came into the restaurant demanding that his debt be repaid. Right. He got more and more aggressive as the Zhengs told him that they would not be able to, like, they weren't ready to repay the debt. Right. Huang broke off the bottom of the beer bottle, so he was, like, holding onto the head of it, 
so that yeah. he could use it as a sharp weapon. Uh-huh. He took one of their sons hostage by holding <gasps> the sharp bottle to his neck. And in the meantime, he forced the rest of the family to tie each other up and stuff gags into each other's mouths. No. Which is like, what the fuck? Uh, the whole family? Yeah. At some point, one of the family members managed to break free and she tried to run away. Unfortunately, this seemed to anger Huang a lot and he uh, stabbed her in the neck with the bottle. <gasps> no. And this basically, I feel like this was his breaking point and again, he his temper is fucked, right? And so this yeah. sort of, he sort of went on a rampage after this. <sighs> one by one, he strangled or stabbed each one of the family members in the restaurant. In total, the entire family of 10 was killed, including Zheng, like the Zheng couple, their kids, as well as Zheng's sister. That's so sad. It's like a lot of people. Yeah, that is a lot of people. And like, what do you expect to get out of that? Like, you're not going to get your money now that you've killed everyone. He was, I think he's just like really aggressive, you know? Yeah. IRL supervillain. Yep. Over the next eight hours, Huang would dismember each of their bodies, wrapping them up in garbage bags and disposing them in either the ocean or in dumpsters. And regarding the money, as he was dismembering the bodies, he grabbed the keys from Zheng's dead body, knowing that one of them would lead to a safe in their home where he could grab the cash that he believed he was owed. Once he was finished with this heinous crime, he and like, you know, all the bodies were disposed of. He locked up the restaurant and he left a note on the door saying that we're going to be closed for three days due to like inventory issues or whatever. Uh-huh. He then walked back to the Zheng's home again because it's really close. He what? walked back and he stayed the night there. <gasps> that's so fucked, isn't it? That's vile. Yeah. Like, that's actually so gross. Yeah. The next morning, one of the de- regular delivery men arrived at the restaurant and he was really confused by the note. Because, you know, if you're a regular delivery man, you would have expected the family to have told you the day before right. to be like, hey, we're we're going to be away. So, like, you know, you don't need to come in today. Yeah. He then, the delivery man went to the Zheng's home and Huang basically told him, oh, the family is back on a trip, like a sudden trip to mainland China. Mm-hmm. And I guess the delivery dude was okay with this. Like, he was like, uh, um, sure. Okay. Three days after the murders, Huang reopened the entire restaurant and began managing it as his own. Stop. I know. Like, imagine your entire family business, right? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it's just taken over by this dude who killed that family. And because it was completely family-owned and run in the past, Huang just sort of, like, opened it up and he hired his own workers. So it was sort of like he was starting fresh and starting new. Like, it... Oh, my God. I... I'm, I think people would have questioned it, but they didn't do anything about it, I think. Like, yeah, because like, what can you do? Yeah, and some people really? said that they came, it came across as though, like, Huang and Zheng were sort of acquaintances, like, even though yeah. they, owed he, like, they owed him money. It was said that they would hang out from time to time, so. Because mm-hmm. they were probably, like, gambling buddies or whatever. Yeah, so it looked like they were buds. Yeah. Somehow, it wasn't until a full year after. A full year? A full year after. All those kids and, like, the family members, nobody noticed they went missing for a year? Okay, so they did file, like, a missing persons report. 
mm-hmm. and and everything like the family came in and did that but a full year after on august 8th 1985 Wait, you wouldn't think to investigate the dude that took over the business i guess not uh, i guess it wasn't it wasn't in in the police's thoughts uh, i know it was, i was like what the frick because yeah. y- you'd be like oh the whole family disappeared like what kind of excuse could he have given to be like for them to be like oh checks out on august 8th 1985 a swimmer at the black sand beach or i just like translated this directly it's just known as haksa beach which is funny because it switches between kanto and mando this is kanto so it's haksa (laughs) beach a swimmer came across eight human body parts including four right hands so when you see four right hands you know that this isn't like one or two people it has to be at least four people because you're like "Mm, that's four right hands yeah in my like like if i were to find that i think i'd be stupid and i'd be like oh my god two people died (laughs) i think like on initial like you'll be like oh my god it's two people maybe yeah but like when you actually look at it you're like four right hands okay because when you see like body parts you're not like oh is that a right hand or a left hand (laughs) you see hands yeah originally he and police thought that it was one of two things it was either a shark attack or two people who were being smuggled into Macau who unfortunately fell off the boat or like something happened. So they were a like, we don't attack. know. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> shark attack would leave shark four attack. right hands. Yes. Because it's together. only only attracted to right hands, Tammy. Uh, no, um, you know what? He didn't like right hands, so he spat them back out. Oh, you're right. Yeah. He was like, I shark don't want anything else but the right hand. taste. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't have the right taste. Fuck. Oh, you you had it. I, I was trying to make that joke, but I missed. I, I I knew we were both trying to make some sort of joke <laughs> with like the right and the left, and I was like, uh gotta think of this. Okay. Man, you got it right. <laughs> Thanks. Gotta hand it to you. <laughs> hand it for you? Hand it to you. For? Fuck. <laughs> We're going to leave all this in just so people see how stupid we are. Oh, very, very stupid. Okay. Very, very. Continue. Thanks. Sorry. Upon closer examination of the arms, they ruled both of these out because the cuts were too clean and precise to be the result of either of those theories. They deter- Because it looked like someone had purposefully, you know, made those cuts. Mm-hmm. And so they were like, no, this is, this is uh, a little sus. Yeah, that's some shark intuition right there. <laughs> this is gonna be the rest of the podcast we're not i'm yeah. so sorry you're gonna keep just keep doing people it died. they immediately launched a police investigation to search for the missing people or you know maybe they're like mm, are these just people are there just people who are missing limbs that need their limbs back i would think it was like uh you know how, like in the mafia when they cut off people's pinkies oh yeah i would think it's something like that yeah that would make sense for macau Mm-hmm. And it's kind of similar, right? That kind of yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the following week, they found three more body parts washed up on the beaches. And this is sort of jumping ahead in the timeline a little bit. But somehow, they found the final body parts, all of the body parts, in 1989. This five years after. Oh. Five. And they found this in the garbage dump. So I guess they went through, you know, like the landfill. And we're like, yeah, oh, yeah. another body part. Dang, what are the odds that they find that kind of stuff in the landfill? I don't know. I don't How know. many body parts do you think like end up in landfills that are never found? That's a really great stat that I would love to know the answer to. Mm-hmm. 
Or do they just like take cadaver dogs through the landfills every now and then? Like Maybe. Thankfully, relatives, again, as I mentioned earlier, had already filed a missing per- people, not person report, <laughs> missing people report. Peoples. Peoples earlier. And, you know, because the uh, entire family went missing. And so this gave the police a good direction to follow because they're like, this is a lot of limbs. Have there been cases where a lot of people have gone missing at once? (laughs) Yes. The answer is yes. After the police determined that the limbs belonged to the Jungs, they became a little bit more suspicious of the man who had taken over the family business. Now, Now they are, you know? Now. Now. After he ran the business for a whole year. Unfortunately, they didn't have anything concrete to pin on him just yet. But they kind of focused their investigation on him and spent a lot of time. They got access to his home and to like his quote unquote like office kind of thing, like to the restaurant and everything. And they found documents that originally belonged to the Jungs, including, and this is really sad, including the student IDs of this of the children. That's fucked. Yeah. Like as a, he kept those as like a like a. His own ego thing, probably, yeah. Ugh, I hate that. With the police hot on his tail, Huang tried to escape again, as he usually does. Every time he's like, oh my god, I'm about to get arrested. I'm gonna run away. Mm -hmm. But he was eventually caught on September 28th, 1986, which is a really long time, if you think about it. Yeah, I was gonna say. Because, like, they found these body parts in 1985 in August. So he was basically, I guess there was some lag time before. So let's just say like the investigation started in like January. Somehow it took them that long to determine that these body parts belong to the Jungs to start investigating him and whatever. But that's a long time yeah, for him to be on the run. Mm-hmm. He was eventually convicted and charged with the murder of all the family members on October 2nd, 1986. So this didn't take long. September 28th yeah. to October 2nd. That was like nice. just within like a week, basically. Not even like four days. Which which police district was it that found him? Macau. Good job, Macau police. Yeah. You done did it. After his conviction, he was sent to a prison, and within one day of being there, he got into a fight with somebody. Of uh, course. Because mm-hmm. he, I think it's just his aggressive nature kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Due to his injuries, he was sent to a hospital where he tried to escape again. But he failed. Okay. He's trying to be like the serpent, but he failed. On October 6, 1986, so just four days into him serving his prison sentence, he confessed to all the murders in detail to the investigators. And so this is sort of actually how we get the details behind like all of the, the case itself and what happened during the... Like why he did it. Mm. And... You know, what happened when he was in the restaurant that night. Mm. So they don't think he was lying about that? Yeah. I mean, there's really no one else there to tell the story, right? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, this is a bit of a trigger warning. We're going to talk about suicide for like the next maybe like a minute. It won't take too, too long. But if you want mm. to skip a little bit, then you can do so. While in prison, he attempted suicide twice, and on December 4th, he succeeded. This oh. is a little graphic, so yeah, he used... What were the first two methods? Or no, he methods? succeeded the second time. So the first time, I don't know what he oh, did, okay. but the second time, he used the lid of a trash can, and he, like, slit his wrist with it. 
Oh, his wrist. Yeah. I got, oh, okay. Yeah. Also, why do why are there metal trash cans in a prison? I didn't. I never like heard of this before. I've never heard of that being used as like a weapon. Yeah. He left a note behind explaining that his suicide was not him accepting his sin, but rather it was a way to escape from the chronic asthma that he suffered from. Which asthma? I was like, bruh. Okay, maybe there's something else. Maybe he did have like some sort of mental um like illness because he seems Uh really aggressive. Like it seems like he switches on a dime kind of thing. Uh He maybe had, like, bipolar or something. Yeah. Even though he never mentioned an accomplice, the police suspected that someone might have helped him because around the time of the murders, he was 50 years old. Like, it plus or minus maybe, like, five years. Yeah. And that would have taken a lot to hold down an entire family of 10 people, even though, like, some of them were children. But that's a lot of people to have to control right. on, on your own. And so that's... They never really found another person, but that's sort of what they suspect. And mm-hmm. nothing really has happened since then for that's like sort of related through this. So maybe oh, wow. just like gang activity type of thing. Oh. And so why the pork bun murders, right? Because this entire episode is like, oh, wow, pork bun murders. Like what happened? Uh-huh. Did they like die because of pork buns? No. What happened? Okay. There is an urban legend and it is we don't know if it's true or not. No right. one can really, like, say whether or not it is. I have a feeling but, I know where this is going. Yeah. Pork buns were what the restaurant was known for. They were really popular yes. and everyone came in to eat them. Yes. After Huang took over the restaurant, there's a legend oh. that he used the remaining meat from the bodies because they never found all of the body parts they found, like, most of it. But there's some parts they didn't find. And there's oh. a legend that he used this instead of pork meat in the restaurant's signature pork buns. Oh, I hate that. But also, uh, it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the pork bun murders. That's wow. it. Wow. You know the other okay. thing about, like, people always say that pork tastes the most like human? No. Ew, how do yeah. people know that? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they asked cannibals and were like, hey, bro, what does this taste like? <laughs> oh. I hope it's, like, a scientific thing. Like, because of the way that the molecules are attached and the muscles are attached, like, we think that it's similar. Yeah, from, it like, might be. Because, like, maybe like, the... It might be, like, sort of the, the texture of it is... Similar. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to think about it. I don't want to think about it. Nope. Yeah, no, we're not going to think about it. <laughs> I can't. All right, okay. that's it. No one help it, us wrap, so... wrap this up. <laughs> Barbecue pork wraps. Nope. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, oh, thank you so much for letting us know about barbecue pork buns murders um, of Macau. I thought Macau was a lovely place to go, and now I'm a little scared. We hope you enjoyed that episode. You can find our show notes at bit.ly slash incrimination and follow us on Instagram to see any oh god what photos are you gonna post there aren't many so don't worry I, oh yeah follow us on Instagram at incrimination for those pictures <laughs> yes alright okay bye, bye.